I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool, Cool, Cool Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand, upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny, to the deep and hidden, to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Bill Worley, an Atlanta-based filmmaker, I'm a comedian, and I'm realizing that Netflix cracking down on password sharing means friends and families are going to have a lot of difficult conversations pretty soon, Mark. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. Uh, and hey, I'm Mark Kendall, I'm an Atlanta-based comedian, and uh, living in Atlanta, I'm realizing that, uh, uh, you know, right now, a spring is pretending to be winter, even though it's not, mm, you know, true. spring, be yourself, you know, <laughs> along the same lines, though. Why can't I remember to wear a jacket outside more often? I don't know. Well, it's good. Yeah, because it's schizophrenic weather. Yeah. Uh, well, up first, we got our ridiculous news nibbles. And so we're going to start things off talking about a couple ri- quick, ridiculous stories. And I got one for you, Mark. Uh, yeah. In Dublin. Uh, they got 12,272 noise complaints last year from just one person. Wow. That's right. One person is responsible for nine in 10 of all complaints about noise from aircraft in the Dublin airport. They lodged 12,272 complaints during 2021 with the DAA. And we all know what that stands for, Dublin Airport Authority. (laughs) Uh, And that's an average of 34 cases a day. Um, And that one individual... Uh, is accounted for 90% of complaints total about noise. That's so much time. I know. 
what? <laughs> what? Uh, you know, I think sometimes I think I can be bored. Obviously not. Uh, this person is very bored and also, I, I assume, uh, very sensitive to noise. I want to send them some noise-canceling headphones. I suppose so. I, I guess I also, going through this story, something that I didn't understand was like, you know, they seem to be by an airport. And an airplane makes noise. <laughs> and so I just don't I just don't know what they expect to happen. Yeah. You know, so it's like I'm sorry that they're bothered by this noise, but are they calling and asking them not to have the planes take off? Right. What or for that? for the planes to take off more quietly? I, I just kind of wonder what what they expect to happen. Just more gentle planes, just very <laughs> like maybe more gliders, but even that you have to you have to be towed up there by a loud plane. Yeah. You know, I think, I wonder, seems like there might be some mental health thing going on here. Perhaps. And it's important to take care of that, folks. Absolutely. There's better things to do with your time. Yeah. Especially in Dublin. Uh, Sorry, Bill. I apologize. Are you getting a phone call? Yeah. I I am. Yeah. I'm getting a call from someone. Is it cool if I answer real quick? Yeah, go for it. Hello? Hello there. It's me. I just was calling in to complain. You're being way too loud on your podcast there. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Is... Is this the caller that was calling the, the Dutch airport authority as hey, well? Hey, me, I hate the airplanes always flying in and out all about, up and down, left and right, all around. Well, uh, first off, I'm I'm sorry that you're going through that, but... Uh, 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 are you? Because you're making a lot of noise in there. I can hear it loud and clear over here in Dorkshire. I, I just kind of find that hard to believe. We're based in Atlanta, Georgia. We're in a soundproof studio here. Oh, yeah, you're wearing a great shirt, aren't you? Uh, yes, I Yeah, am. I can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> wait a second. Wait. Hey, how did you get into the studio? Because I, 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 can, I can hear. I've got very sensitive hearing. I can hear the, 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 the rustle of the gray on your champion hoodie sweatshirt. I know all about it. And I wish you could just tone it down a little bit for once. You know, I... Listen, I I feel like you might have like super level hearing because even I can't hear the rustling of my sweatshirt. Yeah, your heartbeat's going a little faster. I noticed that. Interesting. Um, can you hear my thoughts as well? I can, and you know we don't all sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I didn't mean to have those that offensive no, thought about you. You know, I have a very weird. You know, hey, listen, you you've been calling the Dutch Airport Authority thousands upon thousands of times over the past couple of years. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, that's right. And, you know, hey, listen, I, I, I'm not in your shoes. I don't know where that's coming from. But what I will say is, based on our conversation, yeah. you seem to have a superhuman level of hearing. Uh, have you ever thought about maybe becoming a superhero? Uh, you know, I heard that thought about two minutes ago when you first, <laughs> first popped in. Oh, head. right. Oh, yeah, you can and hear you my what, thoughts. Yeah, oh, and yeah. you know what? <laughs> I think you might be right. I think you might change my life. Yeah? Yeah. I could, I could be, I could turn this into a thing where I could help people. I mean, you can hear thoughts, you can hear from really far away. I feel like, you know, while that, you know, if, if that's handled in the right way, you could do a lot of good. Thanks so much, Mark. Yeah. And thanks, Bill. Bill's agreeing with you, even though he ain't talking. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I hey, do agree with that. Listen, Bill's birthday, while it's not around the corner, it's soon. Could you let me know what he really wants? Can you? Because if I ask him, he's a nice guy. He's not going to tell me if it's something too expensive. Will do. Will do. Uh, just think of your phone number real quick. Okay. All right. I'll text you. All right. Thanks. <laughs> well. Wow. Wow. Oh man! And you text me what you really want for your birthday. That's really. I don't even know if I. I know, but he I, does. I believe him. Yeah. That yeah. man has. And what a better! I hope that he turns it around. That's a quite a superpower. I mean. There's a new superhero out there, and it started with the phone call complaint. I think that's a pretty cool turnaround. 
you know, we're not just changing the news, we're changing lives. We're changing the trajectory of people's lives, you know? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> the next story I have here for you, Mark, is that uh, in Connecticut, there was a mechanic who reaped a windfall from art in his dumpster. This is from AP News. And there's a trove of paintings and other artwork found in an abandoned barn. And it's turned out it's worth millions. Wow, that's um, so much. Yeah, a, co- a contractor, auto mechanic Jared Whipple, which is a great name. Retrie- Love that name. Yeah, to retrieve the dirt-covered pieces in 2017 from a dumpster containing materials from a barn in Watertown. And they're by Francis Hines, an abstract expressionist, and um, who kept his work stored in a barn, which, barn, which is an interesting place to it- keep your work. I don't know a lot about barns. I didn't grow up on a barn, but that feels like a not safe place <laughs> for paintings, yeah, right? Like the, valuable paintings. Not the most climate controlled building. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it turns out the hundreds of pieces are can be sold around $22,000 a piece. And he's also got drawings worth about 4500 each. And what I really liked about this story, Mark, is Whipple, mm-hmm. uh, the man who found it, um, uh, as he found it, he became really obsessed with the artist himself, and he said he's contacted the family, um, and he, quote, fell in love with it. He said, mm-hmm. I made a connection with it. My purpose is to get Heinz into the history books, end quote. I, I thought that was really nice as well. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I, I think that's cool trying to, you know, help foster the legacy of this artist who clearly had a lot of great work. And that's also, I don't know, that's kind of like a noble cause, I feel. Yeah. To trying to prop up someone else's work like that. And, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this, Mark, but sometimes it, there is something about seeing art in person. And mm. what I love about art museums, I remember the first time I saw Impressionism in person and it mm. blew me away. And I remember as a kid being like, man, it looks kind of blurry. Um, but I wonder if that, you know, holding the pieces of art, seeing those pieces of art just made a connection. You know, that's a great point. Because I remember back from like maybe second, first or second grade, as a school field trip, we went to the art museum. We saw paintings by Jacob Lawrence, mm. and who was a painter. Uh, he, he painted a lot of things. I believe like Harlem Renaissance was a part of the time that he depicted. Awesome. And I just remember like his shapes and his colors and just the way that he drew things. That stick with that stuck with me even then. You yeah, know, th- there's awesome. like there's movies I've seen like from two weeks ago. I don't remember. <laughs> you know, but 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 like it, you know, this art trip to go see the work of Jacob Lawrence. It's like I've thought about his work since then. So. That, that definitely resonates, being able to see a piece of work in person. There's two mottos in this story. Yeah. One is go out and see art, and the other is invest in abandoned barns. I know. <laughs> 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 well, Bill, I got a, another story for you. Uh, so uh, this headline is, an ecology professor uh, theorizes that the Loch Ness Monster may just be a whale penis. <laughs> I know. I know. So it, the article goes on to say, An ecology professor has just come up with a theory about the Loch Ness Monster that is sure to stimulate controversy. So Michael Sweet, who is a professor in molecular ecology at the University of Derby, recently suggested on Twitter that Nessie, I guess that's short for the Loch Ness Monster, (laughs) uh, isn't a monster at all, but just a whale penis. Sweet said that many sea monster stories reported by explorers were inspired by what he called uh, tentacled and alien-esque appendages emerging from the water. But while many of the observers uh, may have believed the appendages breaking ocean surface might be part of something more sinister looking beneath, Sweet said that in many cases, it was just whale dicks. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, this is such an amazing, and I have read and heard so much in my life about the Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster Mark, and this is new theory, and there's photos online that this guy tweeted, and it really, really looks like it. It really does. Yeah, I mean, if I was out at sea hundreds of years ago, you know, yeah. and I saw this pop up out of the ocean, you know, like, yeah. But then if someone was like, yeah, that's a whale penis, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> it's, a little, it's pretty impressive really it, it uh, is yeah yeah it's fancy you're right <laughs> that's an interesting shape yeah it's very smooth yeah yeah uh, and very pink and i guess you know that 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 picture of nessie the famous one that it does look like a whale penis is you know famously kind of black and white mm-hmm. so you can't tell the color right. um wow that is just so wild knock 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 Hello, yeah, come on in. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, it's me, Hello. Nessie. Hi, Nessie. Oh my yeah. God, we were just talking about you. Thanks, thanks, y'all. I heard, so I just came to drop by. Uh, feeling, a, I don't know, just mixed emotions. Yeah, you seem sad. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, just for a really long time, I thought I was like the Loch Ness monster. You know, I thought I was like a sea monster. Yeah, couldn't be defined. Where did I come from? Who am I? You know what I mean? Right. Everyone wanted to know. I was such a mystery. No one knew. I, I didn't know. I come across, I, I'm scrolling through Twitter the other day. Yeah. Turns out, apparently I'm just a whale penis. Yeah, you. I mean, you, you are. You 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 definitely are. Seeing you now, you, you're you I'm attached a giant, to a whale you, named Harold. Yeah. Yeah. And it, hey, Harold. <laughs> that was Harold. Yeah. Thanks for, well, thanks for bringing him by, Harold. And Nessie, yeah. You know what? I, I mean, I think that's okay. It's okay to be a well, penis? Yeah, I guess so. I just, you know, you always kind of imagine, you know, like, what could I be? Where could I, where did I come from? Did I come, did I come from Neptune? Did I come from, right. did I come from Saturn on like a, on an asteroid? Could've. You know, and then I landed in the ocean and, and then that's how I became the Loch Ness Monster. But instead, I've, I've never had a conversation with Harold until today. Wow. He has a whole family. Oh my gosh. Well, you know why he has a family? It's because of you. Because of the beautiful uh, art of giving life and that whole process. Hey, I never thought about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I helped. I helped give life. Yeah, whale life. Yeah. Like really important aquatic animals. They're beautiful and majestic. That's right. Like, I mean, these these animals. They're they're having problems with numbers. They they might go extinct if yeah. it's not for me. Yeah, exactly. Th- this explains. <laughs> So much about the experience. Oh, wait, wait, don't get too excited. I won't. I oh, wait, won't. Don't get too excited. <laughs> Life for everybody. Life for you and you. <laughs> Tari, I think we're going to need a towel in here. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. 
It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, so Bill, let's hop into our main course for today. Delicious. Uh, came across an awesome article uh, about uh, an amazing Instagram page. So yeah. the title of the article is, Want to see the weirdest of Wikipedia? Look no further. And so it's an article profiling this awesome Instagram page called Depths of Wikipedia. Mm. Yeah. So uh, hundreds of thousands of people follow this page, right? And it's an Instagram account. Uh, that shares bizarre and surprising snippets from the vast crowdsourced online ens- encyclopedia that is Wikipedia. Uh, and it has a bunch of amusing images, uh, moments from history, uh, as well as different facts. And it's run by uh, this person named Annie Rawirda, who's 22. Uh, and they started. Well, she's only 22. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they started the account in the early days of the pandemic. Uh, and when, uh, you know, others were like, Take, doing whatever they were doing in the pandemic. Right. They started video this. Games. Video games, <laughs> Animal Crossing, you know, whatever. Uh, they, they started this Instagram page. It took off and they've continued with it. And it is so fun. Uh, they have a quote where Annie says, Wikipedia is the best thing on the internet. Uh, it's what the internet was supposed to be. It has this hacker ethos of working together and making something. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I've, I've been following this page and this, you know, New York Times article where they profiled her is so interesting. And um, it's just one, if you don't follow at Depths of Wikipedia on Instagram, uh, that's D-E-P-T-H-S of Wikipedia, um, Depths of Wikipedia. It's just such bizarre and fun stuff. Um, and it, every day, it kind of, it, when I see the post, it gives you a smile. I think they post almost every day. Um, and you know, it's, she, she says here because Wikipedia has more than 55 million articles, which is wild. Um, having a guide like her is helpful. Um, she hopes that visitors to her page walk away with a new shared knowledge. I love this quote. I want, I want you to see something that makes you pause and go, Hmm, that's a whale penis. (laughs) 
I'm just kidding. That's not what she said. She said, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, something that makes you rethink the world a little bit. And that definitely does. So like one of the ones I put in here, Mark, and we can share. And I think, honestly, we should probably start looping this into some of our news I th- nibbles. I think so. Yeah. Because this is so good. Yeah. Um, but I, this one jumped out at me, and, and you can share some years. We'll go back mm-hmm. and forth. But this was one she found. It's, it's death during consensual sex. And it turns out Nelson Rockefeller, you know, the former vice president of the United States and heir to the Rockefeller family fortune, uh-huh. died in 1979 of a heart attack at age 70, rumored to be caused by an orgasm during intercourse with his secretary, Megan Meshek. Uh, the unusual circumstances surrounding his death caused the New York magazine to quip, Nelson thought he was coming but he was going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which, That's wild. It's a brutal burn. It, actually, you know what it is though? You know what I mean? Like, cause it's like, that's not that young. Imagine reading about your family member right. and they make like a roast. You yeah. know what I'm saying? About them dying in a way that this is rather intimate. That's pretty wild. Why does it, does it, is it weird that it feels more okay that it's a Rockefeller? Like it's okay to burn a Rockefeller? There's also that element as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Get the rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, here, here's one that I saw, Bill, that I thought was interesting. Uh, they pulled a word uh, called formication. That's F-O-R-M-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. Okay. And so apparently formication is the sensation that resembles that of small insects crawling on or under the skin when there is nothing there. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I feel like I, you see it in, like, horror movies mm-hmm. and things like that. But the fact that people actually experience that, I wonder how it directly correlated that is to watching a horror film. <laughs> well, the picture, and I know we're on a podcast, but the picture, when oh you look God. at it, it's a creepy picture. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a face with just bugs on it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a crude drawing. It's a crude drawing. Uh, the the person in the picture looks nonplussed, nonplussed yeah. at all to have these big bugs. But drawing. also, while I don't, ha- I've never felt the sensation of a bunch of bugs on my face. Mm-hmm. There's definitely been those moments where you feel a twinge or a tickle, oh, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, is that a bug?" Right. And so, having a word for that is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is, it's caused me to jump up in many many occasions. Yeah, is the feeling of a bug, and mm-hmm. a lot of times it's a bug just minding his own business, you know, crawling on me. Doesn't deserve to be flicked off, but you know, <laughs> yeah, or well, it's maybe not as hard as I do it. Uh, how about this one, Mark? Yeah, another one is uh, Avril Levine replacement conspiracy theory. Um, so it's a conspiracy theory, an urban legend <clears throat> stating that Canadian singer Avril Levine actually died in 2003, shortly <laughs> after the release of her successful debate album, it was replaced by a body double named Melissa Vendella. Uh, very similar to the Paul is Dead theory. I don't know if you're familiar with that from the Beatles. Oh, no. You know, I don't know. If I know oh, so, yeah. So theory. the Beatles, uh, there was a theory, an urban legend that actually Paul McCartney died and who was secretly replaced by a lookalike. And, and supposedly, if you pay, play the song, uh, I think it's Revolution Number no. 9 backwards, okay. it says Paul is dead. That's That's been the rumor. I haven't tried it myself. Um, but that's the rumor. Interesting. Well, one, I didn't know about the Paul theory. <laughs> Definitely didn't know about the Avril Lavigne theory. Because mm. I remember like circa 2003, that was like peak Avril Lavigne time. Skater boy territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's such an interesting theory. I know. And the fact that it's it's enough that people have been like, and conspiracy theories are wild, y'all, but enough that people are like, yeah, okay. I'm yeah. on board with that. How weird is that if you're Avril Lavigne and people are like, I know you're not you. You know what I mean? Like, what a weird, what a weird. Experience. I hope whenever I hear something like that, and I think about celebrity or some, you know, mm-hmm. it's like 
I hope that, that they just laugh. They can laugh at it. Right. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, I lost a piece of my finger as a kid mm-hmm. and I've always been able to laugh at it and mm-hmm. make jokes with it. But there are people out there that I've realized the hard way that when I <laughs> notice they're missing a piece of their finger, I kind of like joke with them. Like, oh, yeah, me too. Like these weird things. Some people are down with it, Mark. Some people are not. At oh, all. Interesting. They, they mm-hmm. get in, embarrassed. Um, and, you know, I think it kind of kind of can go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's another one for you. Uh, this is Cream Puff in parentheses cat. All right. So Cream Puff the cat uh, was a domestic cat owned by Jake Perry of Austin, Texas. She was the oldest cat ever recorded, according to the 2010 edition of Guinness Book of World Records, okay. when she died aged 38 years old in three days. Wait, what? She was 38 years old. In three days. In three days. Yeah. Cream Puff the cat. That's wild. Mm-hmm. That's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Cream Puff. <laughs> oh my God, Cream Puff! She's she's skyping in from. Yeah, it's me, the ghost of Cream Puff. Oh, oh, Cream Puff! I'm so sorry you went through that. I have all answers. Uh, ask me a question, and I'll give you the knowledge. You need, I'm an unending source of wisdom, facts, and little known pop culture nuggets. Oh, that's so exciting, Cream Puff. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, first off, uh, yeah, what uh, What should we invest in uh, over the next year? Switching up to the universe. You're so flexible. <gasps> Reach out and invest in fax machines. Oh, cream puff! I don't know about that. I don't know about. That wait, wait, wait! Let me, let me, move, <laughs> let me move these words around. Okay, okay. Oh, AFX. That's for uh uh AFX. Effects. Invest in visual effects. Okay, great. Okay, visual effects. Computer technology. Ask cream puff anything. Oh man, cream puff, that's so exciting! Uh, uh, like, who, who's going to be president in twenty twenty four, cream puff? <laughs> what do we have to look cream forward to? I'm seeing vision. I'm seeing visions. I'm seeing visions. I'm seeing. I'm seeing. I'm seeing a ring. I'm seeing a formation. I'm seeing a jar of lemonade. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a independent women. I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I don't know. What is it? What is it? I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a Lion King remake. That's already been done. Interesting. What are these images? Beyonce? Oh, yay. Beyonce. Beyonce, president 2024. I don't know of what, but she will be 20. In 2024, Beyonce will be president of something. And last one real quick while sure. I have it is, is what is the meaning of life? That was a deeper thought. Love. Oh. Gotta go. Okay. The depths of hell call me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. That looked painful. Yes. That was intense. That was intense. Uh, but such a powerful message. Powerful message for, for sure. Love. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Let me let me throw my two other favorite, or there's there's many many favorites yeah. of this. This was one that jumped out at me, uh, Mark, and uh, it was the My Way Killings 
So the Mayaway killings are a social phenomenon in the Philippines, and it refers to a number of fatal disputes which arose due to the singing of the song My Way by Frank Sinatra. What? Right? So explanations for these incidents differ from the song being simply frequently sung among the nation's karaoke bars where violence is common or to perceived aggressive lyrics of the song. So... You know, I like karaoke bars. I guess heads up if you're going to a karaoke bar in the Philippines and my way comes on, you know, look both ways. Keep, keep your head on a swivel, I guess, <laughs> you know. And then that it's I never have thought of it as an aggressive song. I thought of it as like a positive, independent song. Yeah, it seems to be a song of triumph. And also, like, I mean, that's a Frank Sinatra song, right? Like, right, I mean, right. I've just never associated that in present day with something that would get someone riled up. Isn't that Frank Sinatra like easy listening yeah. by today's standards? You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. It's a little more chilled out. I feel like it's more like you have a glass of whiskey and put right. on a silk bathrobe. Right. Exactly. Have a bubble bath yeah, or something, you know, yeah. like. Or punch somebody in the face. <laughs> I guess so. And the fact that it's happened more than once, right. apparently. And, and that it's that it's killings. I mean, people were murdered. Jeez. Fatal disputes. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Something, I don't know. Well, Bill, I have a... <laughs> that's, that's something. Yeah. Uh, I got another one. It's called the Ikea effect. I thought this was interesting. Okay. The Ikea effect is a cognitive bias in which consumers place a disproportionately high value on products they partially created. Huh. Oh, you interesting. Know? I, the way I interpreted that was uh, in college, my desk was an I- Ikea desk. Yeah. And I built it together you know, uh, hammered it together or whatever. It was lopsided a little bit <laughs> because, I mean, I tried my best, but, right. yeah, you know, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't perfect. Yeah. I love that desk. Yeah. And I think it's because it's like, yeah, man, I built that. I built that with my bare hands. I did not. But it's just like, I think maybe that's like, there's an extra attachment to it. Yeah. It's reason, like a know? sunk cost that yeah. goes into it. That, right. Like, and, you know, I, I've heard that too about like cooking, you know, mm. and I'm not the best cook, but like, you know, when I do cook, I, there is, I feel like food you make yourself or help make uh, tastes better. You know? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I wonder if that's that same. Maybe that's an IKEA fact. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. How about a list of uh, common misconceptions they have? I'll just spout off a couple real quick for you, Mark, because yeah. these are just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And we'll incorporate more of this moving forward because this stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, swallowing gasoline does not generally require emergency medical treatment as long as it goes into the stomach and not the lungs. And in fact, if you swallow gasoline, Mark, which I know, I know it's, you, you, you hopefully don't do too often, inducing vomiting actually makes it worse. That's so interesting. So you got to keep it down. You got to keep it down. That explains a lot, though. <laughs> or not a lot. It explains, <laughs> Wait, what, what it, explain? it explains one specific thing. <laughs> what does it explain? I, I remember as a kid hearing that some people like to drink gasoline mixed with milk. And I Man, didn't understand what? how that was possible. Oh, my gosh. But I guess maybe there must have been some truth to that. That's interesting. Because apparently, I guess if you avoid the lungs yeah. and it goes to your stomach, I guess theoretically you could drink it and then it not immediately hurts you. Right. You, you know? Yeah, because it says it. Well, I, I don't know how ringing of an endorsement this is. We're not telling you to drink gas. <laughs> right. Right. Milk, but folks, but it does say it generally does not generally require special emergency treatment. Just not a ringing endorsement. But yeah, so you could totally just do a shot of milk and gasoline. Don't do it, but it'd be 
I just heard specifically <laughs> about the mix of gasoline and milk. And I was like, how is that even possible? Now I, now I know. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. That's so wild. One last one, Mark. It turns out there is no evidence that Vikings wore horns on their helmets uh, because it would have been highly impractical in battle. That is pretty wild. Because yep. that's the one thing I remember about Vikings. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. when you're picturing them on the ships <laughs> and going in and doing whatever brutal murderous things they did, you, the, it's the horns. That's so funny. You know? I just imagine, like, talking to a Viking and being like, nah, man, that's not, why would I do that? Like, <laughs> actually, know? I'm a very loving person. I'm a very I've loving. never brutally assaulted anyone. And also just like, it, 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 these horns, it's just like gets in my way, you know? Yeah. Terrible. Itchy. <laughs> Very difficult when going through like a small door frame, you know. Well, I've really enjoyed this. I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Miss Rorurda, if I'm saying it right, uh, for putting this together. What a joy you brought into our lives. So fun. Keep doing it. Keep it up. We'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. 
Mark, you know, last week on our weekly roundup, we had our amazing guest, Carter Deems, yeah. um, a great uh, stand-up brat battle guy, um, just a brilliant human being. And he mentioned this story when we were talking to him. And so we decided to talk about it. And this story is from the BBC. And it's that pigs can play video games with their snouts, uh, scientists find. And this is a little dessert for you all today. Yeah, absolutely. It was this cool story Carter mentioned uh, from last year. And apparently four pigs, Hamlet, Omelette, <laughs> Ebony, and Ivory. Mm. <laughs> Love those things. Great names. Uh, they were trained to use an arcade-style joystick to steer an on-screen cursor into walls. Wow. That is wild. Uh, and researchers said the fact that the pigs understood the connection between the between the stick and the game, quote, is no small feat. Yeah, I think that's like a subtle flex. Like, <laughs> listen, y'all, these are some smart pigs. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. Right. And you hear that pigs are smart, right. you know, and that they, they're actually smarter than dogs, um, which is which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, and it goes on here, Mark, to say usually the pigs would be given a food pellet for winning the game level. But during testing, that food pellet broke um, and they kept clearing the game levels when encouraged by some of the researchers' kind words. I thought that was so interesting, you know, and because it's, it seems that those encouraging kind words and the experience of playing the game with one another uh, was a was a big factor because the article goes on to say uh, uh, that they did it apparently for the social contact. That's so, you know, there's this, the love languages and I guess pigs love languages might be words of affirmation. Right. That's yeah, one of absolutely. pig's love languages, yeah. which is good to know. The next time I see a pig, I do tend to piggy, piggy, piggy <laughs> when I see a pig. And now I don't feel like I'm mocking them as much. Maybe they're just, they're, they enjoy that. Yeah. I, I haven't spent a ton of time with, with, I with pigs. Oh, okay. Well, well I, the, only reason, the only reason I say it is because it's like, I, because I haven't spent a lot of time close up with the pigs, I haven't had a chance to um, appreciate like their intelligence as yeah. well as how they like respond to, you know, human speech. Right. You know, so so like I'm kind of interested now, though, for that very reason, you know, because you talk to a dog, talk to a cat. Right. You can see them hearing your voice. And I'm like, now I wonder what it's like with the pig. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then people say they make great pets. And, you know, um, unfortunately, they're just very delicious. Right? <laughs> unfortunately for them. <laughs> they are so you good. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um, a quote from one of the researchers mentioned, uh, this sort of study is important because, as with any sentient beings, how we interact with pigs and what we do to them impacts and matters to them. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a real case for not eating meat. Whenever you, you know, that I've sometimes I feel like the most persuasive things for veganism and, and all of, you know, vegetarianism is, is those things that these are sentient beings and, uh, you know, it, it, not trying to turn anybody out there to vegan. I'm not myself, but it is, that is sad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And this also kind of brings up another question I had for you. Just thinking about the first time you played a video game. Like, yeah. do you remember the first video game uh, you learned how to play or one of the early video game experiences you had? You know, um, yeah, I think the first video game. So the, I remember getting an NES, mm -hmm. and this is when I lived in Savannah and it was in the 80s. And um, my mind was blown. My brother, who's four years older than me, Ben, his mind was also blown. And we got Super Mario. That's great. And that was definitely the first game I remember playing. Now, was it the first game I actually played? I'm not sure. But the Super Mario 1 is the first one I remember. How about you? I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog mm, yeah, that's a first. Um, I think that was the first one that I like played in my home. And it was kind of funny. My, my grandparents got it for me as a gift one year. Nice. But I don't think my parents necessarily had 
planned on me like learning like getting video games that oh, quick. Wow. And like I, I'm not a huge gamer now, but I definitely remember playing it a lot as a kid. I was not oh, very yeah. good or anything like that, but like you said, it's this it was this new technology. Yeah. And it was so vibrant and colorful and the sounds and everything. It was a really fun experience as a kid. Yeah, it was. And you'd go over to friends' houses because they'd have games you didn't have or they'd get a new right. game. And, you know, I'll never forget. So uh, I think Super Mario 3 was one of the, the best games, you know, especially as a kid. And, and my brother and I wanted it. And my dad said, you know, I'll get you Super Mario 3 if you beat Super Mario 1. That's that was cool. the challenge. Cool. And so my brother and I spent a couple of weeks, I think, figuring out how we could beat it, paused yeah. it, showed my dad. Um, and I, I, I guess it was a couple of days later, we're sitting at uh, breakfast and my dad comes in and he's like, hey, I got something. And he throws it. I, I honestly, Mark, <laughs> this is not a joke. I remember in slow motion that game cartridge like flying through the air and like landing on the kitchen table and just me going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like one of the best days of my life. That's such an awesome memory. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. So, Bill, with that said, with the Super Mario background, mm-hmm. uh, today, what what video games uh, do you enjoy playing today? You, you know, it, it ebbs and flows for me because, I, you know, Mark, beyond us doing the podcast, we do a lot of other stuff, you know, videos yeah. and things like that. So there are weeks where I go without playing, but there are times where I do play a lot. Um, and, you know... Uh, Fortnite is one where I actually enjoy it because it's a quick game. It's like the longest you can go is 20 minutes and I can play it with my brother or some friends. And I guess because I'm playing a bunch of little kids, so I feel like I'm better than I actually am. (laughs) (laughs) Call of Duty, I'll get my ass kicked. But um, I do find that game addicting and fun. Um, And that was probably one of the only games I play. I think part of it is because it has that cutoff of like, because if I get into like a long story game, I'll just get absorbed and I'll play it nonstop. And that one I found to be a little healthier for me getting addicted to it. And then, you know, over the pandemic, I would say one that I did play nonstop um, was uh, Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, which is a, actually kind of a very zen, peaceful experience. That's great. A lot of that. yeah. what, what, uh, I have not played as much Animal Crossing. What, mm-hmm. what made it zen for you? It's just the music is very relaxing. You, you, there's no fighting. There's no battles. You're just like fishing and you're on this beautiful majestic island and you're catching beautiful animals and building your houses and it's just like it just feels feels like you're doing something even though you aren't and um whereas some games kind of probably get your heartbeat up like Fortnite, you know if you're getting down mm-hmm. to number one and you're oh my gosh uh animal crossing feel like it just kind of made you relax yeah yeah you know it's interesting you mentioned that uh the relaxing aspect of video games and uh, I, I enjoy that, too, when I come across a game that's like a little bit more chill. It's like a new experience. Um, mm-hmm. More recently, some of the games that I've enjoyed playing a lot are the Uncharted games. I don't yeah. know if you played those. I, I haven't, but I've heard good things. It's If, if you're trying to relax, it's not the right <laughs> thing to do. That said, I think that the, you know, the story is fun. Cool. The voice acting is really good. Nice. And uh, it's like an exciting it's an exciting game where you're climbing, you're jumping, you're leaping, you're doing all these battles and things like that. So it's, it's a little bit, it's kind of the opposite of Animal Crossing, but if you're in the the mood, if you're in the space to go on an adventure, it's pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to kind of double back, though, yeah. uh, to some like old school video games. Yeah. Any like 
any other Im- memories that you have from like early video game experiences? You know, I, I remember <laughs> being a kid and like, I don't know if some friendships were based on what Nintendo games kids had. <laughs> you know, if I really wanted to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or did I actually like Johnny? I, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, with the first time, the N64 and playing Goldeneye with mm. like four friends. That you know, was fun. That was so much fun and that such a mind-blowing experience. And I also remember how parents were constantly like, it's a rot in your brain, it's rot in your brain. And and now you have esports and kids winning, you know, now adults, I guess, but still young folks, winning millions of dollars, more money in esports than any other sport, uh, which is wild. That's such a great point, Bill, because I felt like a similar thing growing up where as I was playing video games, as a kid, I felt guilty about it. Sure. And, and now, to me, it feels just kind of like, oh, it's just another form of entertainment. Right. Just like anything just like anything else. But I feel like maybe because, you know, we were in that generation where having video games in the house was kind of new. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what that was. I don't, I don't know. Oh, and then our parents didn't have it. So, right. that you know, they just saw it as, oh, you're just sucked into this thing. I, I, I get it. And, and I wonder, you know, I don't have kids, but I wonder how that affects parents that are thinking about you know, their kids playing and how they're adopting. Although I feel like every time I'm out with a friend who with a kid, they're on an iPad playing a video game. Yeah. I wonder if that's it too, is like, you know, if you look at, you know, the level of stimulation of some of those early video games, it's it's way lower than like the kind of like intense experience that a lot of home entertainment provides today. So it's kind of almost comparing apples and oranges, I'd say. I agree. And, you know, for these pigs that were playing video games, it was very simple. You know, we should go back to just, it basically looked like Pong. Right. Pictures. Right. What they were playing, a version of Pong, pig Mm -hmm. Pong. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting too, just thinking about the, the social aspects of video gaming. Cause you mentioned playing like GoldenEye with your friends or like, uh, Fortnite with your brother. For sure. And I, I had similar experiences too, like uh, playing Goldeneye at like sleepovers with friends. And and even now, even if it's not necessarily like playing with someone, uh, talking about someone because it's like a shared experience you have too. Right. So, so the social aspect of video games, I think is also pretty interesting. I think it's a good, yeah, I think it's healthy. Yeah. I think it's, it makes it hopefully better. I know mm-hmm. there's some people that get online and they're just cussing and saying weird right. stuff. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it seems like overall, would you say video games have been a positive in your life, Mark, or a negative? Oh, I, I really think so. You know, you have the cool imagery, the cool sounds, uh, as well as the memories of playing with other people. Amen. Well, I think, uh, I, hope, I hope, you know, write in, let us know your favorite video games. And, oh, that'd and be holler fun. At us, Yeah, if there's something, a game we should play. And then, you know, I think it's time to leave folks with a little bit of extra upbeatness. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Bill, yeah. I love the quote that you got today. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do one of our segments called The Spring of inspiring inspirations uh, where we do a quote and leave you with hopefully a little joy and the quote today is from Confucius and he says we have two lives and the second begins when we realize we only have one yeah I thought it was a good one that was good too well as always thank you so much for tuning into Ridiculous News we know you have a lot of choices there's tons of entertainment out there and we don't take it for granted. Um, from our producer, from our Tari, from our researcher, Casey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, follow us on Facebook uh, and Instagram uh, at Ridiculous News Podcast. You can also email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. Um, and be sure to check out our comedy videos as well at yeah, Mark Kendall out. Comedy on IG, TikTok, and Facebook, and also at Kendall Comedy on Twitter. Thanks so much, y'all. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye. Bye.
Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hi this is kurt woodsmith you remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.